Now, when I was a kid, I had plenty of reasons to look forward to visits with my grandparents. And one of the advantages was extra time watching TV as they kept up with their favorite programs. Over the years, both of my grandmas introduced me to Murder, She Wrote. The adventures of J.B. Fletcher as she solved real murder mysteries in Cabot Cove and everywhere she went. Now, today, I have found comfort from TV during this crazy COVID era, and I have started to re-watch this classic series. Now, don't worry if you have never heard of this show. All you need to know is this. In every episode, in under an hour, Jessica Fletcher not only figures out who the murderer is, but she also usually draws a full confession from them. She has a keen eye for the fallen button by the body, or for the sudden reappearance of someone in a room, or for the different jacket that is worn during the second half of a party. By the end of each episode, Jessica knows because it all computes. Everything happens for a reason. And every episode ends with the right person being taken away by the police. Justice happens quickly and correctly every time. Now there is a certain satisfaction I have watching Jessica solve another whodunit on time as expected. When I am asked to pivot and reschedule, to reimagine and adapt repeatedly, I like watching a TV show that is very predictable. So for me, and I expect for most of you too, life doesn't add up so neatly as it does for Jessica Fletcher. The TV writers have total creative freedom to make the puzzle pieces fit together nicely at the end of each episode. But in our own lives, our own quandaries and challenges are not solved in less than an hour. There is good reason why it's called entertainment after all. So when Alec told me about this sermon series, I was intrigued by the common phrases we repeat that aren't in the Bible. It's fun to think about what people say that's not actually in the scriptures. We want to find meaning out of chaos we need God to be in control when our life is spinning out of control. Now, I've been there. I've told myself that God won't give me more than I can handle when I've been deeply grieving. 
But we now understand that God is present with us, serving as a refuge when we find ourselves overwhelmed. We've learned that God loves all people and the creator doesn't just help those certain folks who help themselves. And today, I hope we can find peace knowing that the Bible never says everything happens for a reason. Yes, God is sovereign. Yes, God is at work in and through our lives. And still, the Bible never says that God's plan is behind everything that happens. This is a nuanced way to understand God's will at work in the world, while recognizing that unlike a TV show where everything wraps up neatly and rationally, everything in life doesn't happen for a reason. The Bible has good news for us to ponder as we make sense of God's place in our lives. So today I want to focus on two passages that highlight the complexity of life and the way that God is at work in our world. So I invite you here and online, take a deep breath and settle in for some high aerobic, high impact theological thinking, as my mentor, Dr. Katie Cannon used to say. This complicated idea of the complexity of life is presented in the familiar verses of Ecclesiastes 3 printed in your bulletin. Listen now. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And hear these words from the writings to the early church in Rome. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, 
nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in both of these passages, life is not described as rainbows, milk, and honey. In the writings of the Hebrew scriptures, life includes seasons of when it is time to weep, to mourn, to refrain from embracing, to lose, to throw away, to keep silence and to speak, time for war and time for peace. In the letter to the church in Rome, we understand there are times when we are so weak, we don't know how or what to pray. And while we are here on earth, while we live and love, lose and grieve, our scriptures acknowledge that there are seasons when we experience joy and seasons when we experience pain. This passage from Ecclesiastes describes the very fullness of life. And yet, I hope you noticed that there is no indication that God is behind any season. The seasons of life are listed, but God is not given credit or blame as the grand puppeteer pulling the strings to make the play of our lives go according to a certain plan. In fact, I searched for God's plan, and that phrase is not found anywhere in the Bible either. The highs and lows of life are woven throughout the Bible, and we are still discerning the ways God was and is at work in the lives of people. When we find ourselves trying to make sense of life, we want to trust that something greater than ourselves and coincidence is at work. We want to believe that God is in full control when we are not. We believe that God had a plan for creation. We believe that God had a plan for the incarnation. And yet, it's hard to make sense of the destruction after a tornado. Did God choose which homes are destroyed and which remain untouched? Do we really believe God decides who gets long COVID and who tests positive without any symptoms? Now, I have trouble believing in a God of love who also plans for experiences of suffering and loss. I believe God is powerful, but how does that work in a world with so much sorrow? How do we understand God's plan in the midst of grief and grace, joy and distress? Marianne McKibben Dana is a pastor, coach, and writer, and she addresses this very point. She writes, I believe life isn't a matter of plan, God's or ours, but of improvisation. 
The basic rule of improv is yes and, to accept what's offered and to build on it. A plan has the virtue of rationality, but yes and the virtue of creativity. It also reflects our lives. We improvise all the time. We work within constraints. We are called upon to be flexible and creative. And if we are created in the image of God, I think improvisation is a part of God's nature too. So if God doesn't have a plan, what does God have? A direction, an orientation. God seeks to move and seeks to move us in the direction of love and wholeness, no matter what the circumstance. God seeks to move us and all creation in the direction of healing and shalom towards hope and a new heaven and a new earth. Marianne helps me articulate how God is at work in the world with a definite direction. And yet, God is at work in our lives even as they move. We are called to join God in saying yes to love, yes to hope, Yes to wholeness, even when we find ourselves surrounded by animosity, despair, and division. God's direction is the theological thread we weave in a culture that is crying out to make sense of the world. God's through line of love is what we can believe in and hold on to when the worst has happened when we've lost our job, our child, our marriage, our independence, our faith. Whether we find ourselves in a season of planting or a season of plucking up what is planted, in a season to break down or a season to build up, we believe, we trust that God's love is present and nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We hold on to the very promise proclaimed to the early church that neither death nor life nor our current circumstances nor our uncertain future nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the extravagant love of God. So even when the details of our lives do not add up, we can hold fast to the truth that God's love has not and will not let us go. God's love is not only described in Romans 8, it's repeated throughout the scriptures as the main plot line of God's relationship with creation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Mary Oliver's poem, Mysteries, Yes, offers another glimpse of the complexity of making sense of life. She writes, 
Truly, we live with mysteries too marvelous to be understood. How grass can be nourishing in the mouths of the lambs, how rivers and stones are forever in allegiance with gravity while we ourselves dream of rising. How two hands touch and the bonds will never be broken. How people come from delight or the scars of damage to the comfort of a poem. Let me keep my distance always from those who think they have the answers. Let me keep company always with those who say, look, and laugh in astonishment and bow their heads. So the next time you find yourself searching for a reason for the season you're in, take a breath. Remember God's love. Remember that you have improvised before and you can say yes and again. And if words fail you, God has you covered. The Holy Spirit knows how to pray and advocate on your behalf. And if you are lost in mysteries too marvelous or miserable to understand, remember that the good news does not say that God makes everything happen. We don't live our lives like a scripted TV show. We are called to improvise with love and hope, to reach out with compassion to the suffering and to receive such support when we're hurting. We are called to seek ways we can respond to the craziness of life with love. As Easter people, we believe that God responded to suspicion and evil, to death and betrayal with love and new life. Now let me say that again. As Easter people, we celebrate that God still responds to suspicion and evil, to death and betrayal with love and new life. And that's good news for all seasons and all people. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God of glory, we give thanks that you continue to lead us in the direction of love. We give thanks for the ways that you continue to guide us in the fullness of life. Keep our hearts full so we can do nothing but share your love in all we say and do. We ask this in the power of your Son, our Savior. Amen.